three, two, one. Hello, everybody. Another week, another review, and I'll just jump straight into Bitcoin, which is on my screen at the moment. So this is Bitcoin, and price has done nothing since last week. It's absolutely moved nowhere. We're still... It's, it's not even a case of an absence of a trend. It's the fact that price is moving in a straight line. Straight line. There is no... You, even if you wanted to trade, um, if you wanted to take uh, short-term trades, like one-hour trades, you know, four-hour trades, you know, scalping, you can't even do that. There's absolutely no trend here. Let me check. Okay, this is what the one-hour looks like. Mm. All you have is this. Let me see. This week began on 6th of July. Okay, so this is the 8th of July. So we had this huge candle from 9 to 92, 92, 92 to 9443. That's just about $2. No, is that $2? No. 9243 to 9443. Yeah, 200. That's not a lot. That's not a lot for Bitcoin. You want huge moves that you can trade and make, make some money. But for a swing trader, there's nothing in here. Price is still trapped inside this yellow channel. And it might who knows might continue to do that for the next maybe for the rest of july so right now price is in this cloud the only possible move now is price breaks out of this cloud and then it maintains its bullish status but you really want price to close outside this channel that's the breakout and then confirmation and then you can buy or for those who like short in crypto price breaks down out of the channel confirmation and then you can sell very risky move i wouldn't do that so there's absolutely nothing in bitcoin but the rsi is currently at 48 so the bullish um the bullish bias is still there. There's no need to, to panic. Moving on to the US dollar. It's the same thing. The, the market has been pretty much very boring. Bitcoin is doing nothing. The US dollar is just bouncing within a range like Bitcoin. And this is the channel. Nothing has changed from last week. Apart from this, um, this TD sequential aggressive 13 buy setup. But I wouldn't take this as a buy setup because it's, 
it's showing up somewhere at the midpoint of the channel and it's not really a perfect buy setup it's an aggressive 13 i don't really like aggressive 13s i'll rather wait for a perfect nine or a combo 13 or a sequential 13 and that's for people who really believe in td sequential or i would like to see price bounce off this um, bottom of the channel and then make its way up an even better situation will be if price breaks above this cloud somewhere here then it could be the start of an uptrend but for now the us dollar index just like bitcoin is consolidating in the range crude oil yeah i was i was getting pretty excited about this last week because of this um this ascending triangle ascending triangles are supposed to be bullish most of the time and i was expecting a breakout although there's a divergence here this divergence is still in place so we have the rsi forming lower highs and we have price forming equal highs so this line is horizontal this line is sloping downwards so that's a bearish divergence but price action is showing a bullish pattern so what should i do four dollars above price you have the 200 day moving average which is another layer of resist resistance okay so another positive note is the fact that price is above the ichimoku cloud so there is a mixture of bullish signals and bearish signals so in a situation like this what what's the best action to take i think it's it's hard to tell how reliable are ascending triangles i'm not sure i will have to check let me see if i can check the encyclopedia uh, they should i think they're very reliable where is my ascending triangle? Right, so this is the pattern side by Thomas Bukowski. Okay, this is the ascending triangle. And it should tell me, okay, it says here, overall performance rank for up-down breakouts, 40 out of 56. Mm, that's not very good one is the best and it ranks 40 out of 56 so that's not very good break even failure rate 17 percent mm. how often does it break out to the upside that's what i want to know the above numbers are based on 899 no that's not what i'm looking for so it doesn't say probably have to check the check his encyclopedia the book he wrote 
Okay, it says mm, patterns with an intermediate term rise that is between three and six months leading to the triangle show price rising an average of 49% after an outward, upward breakout. Nah, that's not what I'm looking for. Well, can't find it. So an ascending triangle should break out to the upside, but there are some bearish indicators some bearish signs so i actually have a long position here i'll just hold on to it even if this pattern breaks down i have always had this theory that all patterns are incomplete channels for example this pattern is actually a channel but that channel is not fully formed because, well, it is, it's not that it's not fully formed. Price has simply consolidated into a, an even narrower range than the channel. And that's what I'm seeing here. So if this ascending triangle breaks down, it's very likely to break down to this level and that will complete the channel. So if this breaks down, it doesn't bother me, I'll simply add to my positions here. Because price moves in three directions. It moves up, it moves down, and it moves sideways. So right now, it's, it's not really moving up, it's moving sideways, but it's forming higher lows. That's why it's being bounded by a horizontal line and an upward sloping line. So the breakout should go up, not down. Well, that's oil. And again, oil had, I think it had a very, it had a very, uh, what's that thing called? Uh, they call it inventories. Yeah, somewhere here. So, weekly inventory was it had a build that is there was more supply of oil uh, where is it i have it somewhere here yes eia weekly crude stock so 5.6 million barrels of oil in inventories so that's a build the forecast was a draw of 3 million barrels. Usually this is a big deal. When you're expecting, when the, when the industry is expecting a draw, that is minus 3 million barrels, and then the data shows a build, it's usually a big deal and it leads to uh, a collapse in price. So I think that's what this was, this red candle here. That candle was three percent down yeah that's that's actually massive but it's not much of a big deal sometimes you get as as large a candle as minus five percent so despite this build in stock in um, what do you call it again stockpiles inventories despite that massive build price only fell by three percent and the next day that's friday we almost recovered 
the loss price. So it looks like the bulls are a bit dominant in oil. So I'll hold on to that long position. Gold, well, gold has been on a tear for several months, just like Bitcoin and the US dollar, gold was consolidating and then it broke out. It's now at a price. Okay, this is GLD. I'm gonna pull up XAUUSD. Yeah, this is the spot price of gold. So gold, this was a big deal on Twitter. Everybody was tweeting about it. Gold has reached 1800. I don't know why this is significant. Um, I think 1800 is the, okay, that's the, that's the high from 2011. It's actually a higher price at 2011. Yeah, gold was at 1900 at 2011. So I don't know why 1800 was a big deal for most people. So many people were just talking about it. So gold tagged 1800 and it's been struggling to, to go any higher but there is so much bullish sentiment for gold. So many people, everyone just seems to be buying and RSI is so overbought. It's actually at 82 right now. And there's so much volume. This is the unbalanced volume in purple. So much volume behind this, this um, rally here, this breakout. It's a good time to be in gold but I have a very small position, which is not very encouraging. I would have loved to have like three positions so you can take profit, re-enter on the pullback, and you know, just skip right in the trend. But I can't complain. Uh, next one, IWM, small caps. Small caps are struggling. Ever since this island reversal, it has not been able to break above the 200-day moving average. So we have retested it on the 6th of July. And since then, we've been struggling to reclaim that um, price of 140, what's that price? 143. And there seems to be um, a loss of momentum here as shown by this aggressive 13. So we have had, this right here is a price flip. That's a bearish price flip. And now we're gonna have a countdown or a nine count set up. And then we'll have a countdown to 13 for those who like TD sequential. So we're currently on Candle two of nine. Not much to see in, in small caps. They've been on, underperforming. I have some positions in small caps and for like two weeks, they have barely moved, barely moved. And that's what you can see here. This area here is like a consolidation. It's almost a rectangle. There's no movement. QQQ, yeah, this is, this is the one I would love to be in, but 
there's just no opportunity to enter. The momentum is so strong. And there was a divergence here. I wonder if it's still there. So that's a high, okay. There's still a divergence between price and the RSI. So price is forming higher highs and the RSI is forming lower highs. But I think by next week, if we have one or two green candles, this divergence will be taken out. So that divergence is not, it's not anything to, to look forward to. But there is a cluster of cell setups in, this, in the TD sequential. There's combo 13 on, uh, what day is this? Okay, that's the 6th of July. There's a combination of combo 13 cell setup and aggressive 13 cell setup. And then on the 9th of July, there is a sequential 13 cell setup. And yesterday, Friday, was candle eight of the TD setup. So if there is an if there's a green candle on Monday, that will be candle nine, and that will give another cell setup. So that will be four cell setups within a space of one, two, three, four, five, six, well, two weeks. Within a space of two weeks, four cell setups. So that, it's very, the TD sequential sometimes can be very perfect in its timing. Sometimes it's wrong. And if you look at this, so we got a perfect nine here. Perfect nine means this nine is, has its close higher than the close of the seven and the six candle. So we got this nine, there was a pullback. We got this aggressive 13, pullback. Combo 13 and sequential 13, Mm. this is more of a pause than a pullback. And then we got this nine pullback. And now we have this cluster here. A cluster of cell setups could be an indication that we're going to have a much deeper pullback. So if we're going to have a pullback, how far is this going to pull back? My guess is down to this TD setup trend. That's this dotted green line, which also happens to be the top of the cloud in Ichimoku. And if I go ahead and try to draw a resistance line, I wouldn't be surprised if if I take my line from here, mm. okay, it also happens to be a resistance zone. So that's QQQ. What's it on the NASDAQ? NAS 100. So the NASDAQ could be pulling back to 91.25. Ninety-one twenty-five. Oh, the Nasdaq already has a nine cell setup. 
Yeah, this is what I was talking about. So there's an aggressive 13 on the 1st of July. This is the NASDAQ 100 index. On the 7th of July, sequential 13. On the 8th of July, combo 13, sell setup. And then yesterday, Friday, 10th of July, sell setup. Nine candle. Potential pullback down to 9,100. Or it could be down to this level here because this is the new TD setup trend. You can see that dashed line is already forming. So this, this level here will be the extreme of the move that gave us this nine cell setup. And that move began from this one candle, this candle. That's why that line extends from that candle all the way here. So the pullback could actually be to 10,000 using the TD sequential. Time will tell. Right. Take away all those lines, QQQ. All right, next one, SPY. SPY, just like Bitcoin, US dollar, uh, which other one? It's been very quiet. Price has just been bouncing within this yellow channel I have drawn here. And what's even disappointing is we can't even retest the high, the swing high at, uh, okay, this is the SPY, 323. We can't even get there. So right now we're just moving sideways, waiting for a breakout to the upside or a breakdown to the downside. So combining IWM, NASDAQ, and the SVY, they, they all look like they're running out of momentum. So the, the path of least resistance is looking more and more like it's down. And looking at the TD sequential, we have a sequential 13 cell setup. On the 2nd of July, we had an aggressive 13. If there is a green candle on Monday, we're gonna have a nine candle cell setup. Look at the spot index. We already have a nine candle on Friday, a nine cell setup. So there are cell setups everywhere. So the best way to find some sort of confluence is to look at the charts of the, of the large caps. Look at Microsoft, Apple, Google, Facebook, the FANGs check to see if they are running out of momentum. Okay, let me quickly do that. Um, Facebook, Facebook, we're on a candle seven of nine. Okay, we have reached some sort of um, top here, waiting for a breakout next week. Price is not, no, RSI is not yet of a bot but there is a downward trend on the RSI. 
having said that, volume is trending upwards. So there's a lot of interest in Facebook. And that's primarily because of this sell-off here. The moment Facebook sold off, a lot of people saw that as a buying opportunity and they just jumped in. So that's Facebook, um, Amazon. Okay, Amazon is showing signs of exhaustion, aggressive 13 cell setup, sequential 13 cell setup. RSI is, my goodness, 91. Well, this is not really the RSI, this is the RMI. 91 is like the upper limits of the overbought conditions. This might be a good spot to take profits for those who are already long. But that chart is just looking overextended, especially this, this section, overextended all the way from uh, 2,400 up to 3,200. It looks overextended. Uh, which other one? Google. I don't know if Google is doing well. Google, not so overextended. Hmm. I'm not so familiar with these stocks because I don't really trade stocks. But there was this very deep pullback here and then it, the dip was bought. So we are almost testing. We've actually set a new swing high. Hmm. So is price going to pull back here? So if, if all these large stocks pull back, it means the S&P will pull back because these stocks make up about about 20 or 30% of the S&P. And small caps and mid caps are struggling badly. So any pullback in this large cap stocks will result in a pullback in the S&P. So next week could be, next week could be a down week from the look of things. Apple. Apple looks, wow, that's a very nice chart. Looks overextended. Aggressive 13 cell setup. We're currently on candle six of nine. So still have some, some ways to go before any loss of momentum. Mm, Apple still looks okay, but RSI is 88, very overbought. Uh, which other one? Netflix. How large is Netflix? I don't even know. Netflix. Hmm. Okay. Yep. That's a very strong candle. 8% on Friday. Wow. Crazy. Netflix is looking good. That's a very nice chart. So Netflix broke out here. Yeah, broke out here. This was the candle, this was the breakout. This candle on the 1st of July. That's where it broke out. 
Okay. Um, relative strength of the small caps to the large caps. Small caps looked like they were outperforming, not in a very consistent way. They were, it was basically a, this is basically a large channel. So outperform, underperform, outperform, underperform. And that has created this bear flag kind of formation, which now looks to be breaking down. So small caps look like they will be struggling going forward. The S&P is also looking like it's going to struggle because some of the large caps might be losing momentum. That isn't looking very good for the stock market. Pure value, no, what's that called? Pure growth versus pure value. This is not a debate. Growth stocks are, growth stocks have been outperforming value stocks for forever. Forever, that's not even worth debating. Okay, time to look at market breadth. How healthy is this market? Market breadth. So at the moment, 49% of stocks are above the 20-day moving average. 49% of stocks in the S&P is that the S&P or the New York Stock Exchange? I'm not quite sure. Mm, trading view doesn't, is it the stock? I think it's the, yeah, it should be the S&P. Yeah, 49% of stocks in the S&P are above their 20-day moving average. The 20-day moving average is a very closely watched moving average. So, uh, that's positive. 61% of stocks are above their 50-day moving average. That's good. But the most important one, the 200-day moving average, only 40% of stocks in the S&P are above their 200-day moving average. That's not very positive. That simply shows that a lot of, a lot of stocks are still they haven't captured their 200-day moving average and they're struggling to even get any close. And that's why the market is struggling. And this is the McLellan Summation Index. As long as this stays green, we're still in a bull market. Yeah. And this is more of a long-term view of the market. So... As long as it stays green, you want to be buying. But we're clearly tending towards a neutral stance. And after that, it's going to turn red. So the, mar the market is not as healthy as it's looking on the charts. Another way to look at market breadth is looking at the advanced decline line of the different um, 
stocks, not individual now, large cap stocks, mid cap stocks, small cap stocks. So this is the S&P. The S&P is clearly trending downwards. It's forming lower highs. And this, this lows are pretty much flat. So that's looking like a descending triangle if you project these lines forward. Now, the advanced decline line of the large cap stocks is forming higher highs. It's almost flat, almost neutral, but I'll, I'll still describe this as higher highs. Okay, so this high is lower than this high. So there are more stocks in the large cap of the S&P advancing. That is more, more stocks are increasing in value than decreasing in value. So that's a positive. But mid cap stocks are struggling. So mid caps are forming lower highs. The lows are a bit flat. So that could be described as neutral, but there are more stocks declining than advancing. And small caps are even worse. Lower highs and lower lows. So small caps, small caps are struggling far more than mid caps. Mid caps are kind of neutral, but they are struggling also. Large caps are still managing to advance a little bit. So if you sum up these um, performance by mid caps and small caps, you see that all the strength in the market is coming from the large caps. It's those massive companies, Facebook, Microsoft, Google, Apple. Those are the, those are the companies that are really driving the market upwards or keeping it where it is. Johnson & Johnson, MasterCard, uh, Walmart, Pepsi, all those companies. New highs and new lows. This is another positive, uh, positive outcome from the market. The market is forming more new highs than new lows. And that makes sense because we formed, we had a very um, intense formation of new lows during the sell-off in March. So it only makes sense that more stocks will be forming new highs after that, uh, after this period of stocks selling off. But how many stocks are forming new highs? Not that many. Not that many. I need to refresh this. This is not a chart I'm actually looking for. Um, SPY breath. I need to see the number of stocks forming new highs. Hmm. I'm going to change that to, what's that code? SPX, no, I think I remember. It's exclamation mark. Yeah, that's it. New high in the SPX and new low in the SPX. Update. Nope, that's not what I'm looking for. Yes, this is what I'm looking for. And that update still doesn't give it to me. Wow. Why not? 
Okay, I'm going to type it in myself. New low SPX. Wow, still not giving it to me. Okay, we have just 17 new highs in the S&P. 500 stock index, only 17 stocks forming new highs. The market is struggling, struggling badly. Okay, um, sector analysis. How are the sectors? Or before that, what are bonds doing in the market? TLT. No, that's not TLT, is that it? Yep, that's it. TLT, okay, I drew this trend line forming lower highs. So TLT pretty much bounced, tested, pulled back, tested, pulled back, and then broke out. And now that trend line is acting as support. And TLT is bouncing off that support. It's now above the cloud. Is that a signal that the stock market might be going down? You know, stocks and bonds are supposed to move in opposite directions. So if the stock market goes up, bonds should go down. That is what is expected. It doesn't happen all the time. But could this be a signal, a sign? Now, this is the relative strength of bonds to stocks. It's pretty much in a rectangle. So what that means is there's no direction. One is not outperforming the other. Although stocks have outperformed during this period, but since, since June till now, it's just been flat. Flat. And that's why we're in that range. In the S&P, we don't. It's hard to know which direction the market is going. U.S. 10-year yields. This looks like it wants to break out downwards. If it does that, we could be heading to at least the U.S. negative interest rates. that will not be good for the banks because that's going to that's going to destroy the spread of the 10 year against the 2 year which is currently at 47 basis points the higher this value the better for the banks that's why the banks are struggling xlf is just finding it difficult to rally at the moment. Although it had a good Friday, but overall, last week, its performance was terrible. Terrible performance by the banks and energy. Okay, sector analysis. This is the relative strength of technology to the SPY. Technology has been doing well. Everybody knows that. Discretionary doing very well. XLY, this is the actual chart of discretionary. Yeah, 
discretionary has run into resistance. Next week is going to be interesting. What will price do? Are we going to pull back down to this level, which is where the 200-day moving average and the TD setup trend are? Okay, TD sequential has an aggressive 13 cell setup and a sequential 13 cell setup right at that resistance level. Very interesting. Next week is going to be interesting. XLK. XLK has broken out from the new swing high. But again, this cluster, this cluster of cell setups in the sequential is, this is what I was saying, all these, all these stocks, all these individual stocks and the sectors are having this sign that they're running out of momentum. If that turns out to be true, then the market as a whole is going to have to you know, pull back or correct to some degree. The next sector is industrials. Now, nah, industrials, that's a no-go area. It's struggling badly. I won't even look at that. Banks, finance, financials. Financials is performing terribly. Yeah. Yeah. Although this is looking at like a, a low, a higher low. Is this going to be a higher low to give us this trend line? And then we'll bounce to form a higher high. That's what it might look like. So we could see, but I don't see the fundamental reason why this will happen, but just from a technical point of view, we could see a rally breaking above the 200 day moving average, which is currently at 26. XLF, um, XLP, staples. You would expect staples to do well, but it's not. Consumer staples. Struggling against the S&P. XLP, what does it look like? Oh yeah. That is very, very obvious. Consumer staples is struggling. It needs to break above this level, but it's already experiencing some exhaustion. There is an aggressive 13 cell setup. I don't think it's gonna make it. Um, the next one is Utilities. Utilities are not doing well at all. Lots of buy setups showing up. I don't think that's going to be enough to pull price up. Healthcare. Why healthcare isn't doing well, I have no idea. There's a pandemic out there. Lots of times the market was pumped with um, news of vaccines for the coronavirus. 
but overall the sector is just it's just not doing well yeah it's not doing too badly it's just that it has run into um, resistance and it's consolidating there's no there's no sign that it's looking to break out yet communication this is an interesting sector there's some crazy stocks there's some crazy stocks in this sector you want to see something crazy let me go to stock charts the best performing sector this week was communication services sector just think about that. The best performing sector performed even better than the technology sector. Communication services. The second best was consumer discretionary, XLY. XLY that looks like it's struggling. No, no, not XLY. XLV is the one struggling. Yeah. So the best, the three best performing sectors are communication services, consumer discretionary, and technology sector so which sub sectors are performing well in the communication services sector because it can be all of them so the best performing subsector is the internet subsector internet subsector and the second best is broadcasting and entertainment the rest are just well media agencies is doing well but they don't seem to be doing well compared to internet and broadcasting and entertainment the others are lagging so internet click on this and then you can see the stocks that are actually pulling that sector up okay jumia technologies this is what I was talking about, something crazy. This company, this past week, was up 40%, Jumia Technologies, J-M-I-A, J-M-I-A. Look at this crazy graph. Yeah, it looks like a penny stock, it's under $10, $10 which makes it very cheap. And attractive had its IPO in 2019 and the moment it IPO there was lots of interest and then pulled back goes back up and it's been downhill ever since but it looks like it has bottomed it's found this rounding bottom which is quite bullish so if i draw a channel this stock is very attractive i'm tempted to buy this i like the story of this stock it's like the it's like the is it the african amazon it's like the african amazon it's like a retail marketplace um, i think it does some logistic let me see 
it's like the retail marketplace does some logistics shipping all sorts of things it's it's not very focused but it's kind of like amazon in a way so there's this channel which price is currently testing and there's some sort of pullback but eventually eventually it's going to it's most likely going to break out and when it breaks out well if this is the amazon of that part of the world when it breaks out it's going to break out wildly it's going to be very wild so right now we're in this range where price is just consolidating testing uh, resistance and then there's going to be a breakout stock is very cheap i am very tempted to buy this and this is this is like the perfect time to jump in because you can net you will not always catch the bottom which is right here but you can see this formation here and then you can jump in at the right time which is here so it might still pull back, but eventually it's going up. So for, for investors who can hold for longer periods, Jumir Technologies looks very attractive. Very attractive. Very, very attractive. So that's one of the stocks that is... Um, is it sector summary one of the stocks that is pulling this communication sector up the next one is moxian have no idea what they do m o x c m o x c oh no this is a it's a penny stock i'm sure i cannot find that on etoro Say go. Just look at these performances 40%, 34%, 34%, 31%, Dolphin Entertainment, 31%, um, Net Element. I don't even know what these are. Netflix is a distant one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, ninth. Twitter, nine, uh, tenth. So there are lots of outperformance in this sector before you get to these large large um, stocks large cap stocks all right the second best performing subsector is broadcasting and entertainment and the best performing stock is tencent tencent music entertainment group tme how well is it doing? 20% TME. TME. Oh, look at that. Sweet. Sweet. So it looks like there was breakout at this level. This is the problem with TD Sequential. Sometimes it gives you all these cell setups, but price just ignores them and keeps going up. So TME broke out at $14. It's currently $17. And who knows when it's going to turn downwards. It might just keep going. You never know. TME. Eros International. 
have no idea what that does. Chicken Soup for the Soul Entertainment, INC. 19% this week. What in the world is that? CSSE, Chicken Soup. Who names a company Chicken Soup? CSSE. Um, doesn't really look great. Nah, I don't want this. Yeah, this is the candle. Okay, from $7 all the way to $8. Okay. Yeah, the chart doesn't look great. I don't like it. That looks like head and shoulders. Left shoulder, head, right shoulder. Inverse head and shoulders. But it doesn't look perfect. I'm not interested in this. Okay, the next best sector is consumer discretionary. That's XLY. XLY. That's this one. Yeah. It's currently struggling. It's, it's testing resistance. It's trying to break out. But there is this massive divergence between price and RSI. So these are the stocks that are keeping the S&P, you know, kind of levitating the S&P at the moment. Consumer discretionary. The best performing sector, automobiles. Automobiles. You want to see something crazy again? Click in this subsector. These are car manufacturers. Neo Electra Mechan Mechanica. Never heard of it. Geely, I know Geely. BYD, I know BYD. Tesla, of course. Everybody's talking about Tesla. But in this subsector, the best performer is Neo. 59% this week. The second best is Electra Mechanica, 40% this week. Geely is the third. So what does Neo look like? Neo, everybody's talking about Tesla. Let me see what Neo looks like. This is incredible. Look at this. Um, I would say, I will say breakout was around here, $5. And that was just as far back as June, 3rd of June. So price broke out from this channel again. This, let me take a sip of water. This is the thing about channels. When price is consolidating in the channel, it looks like it's going to go on forever, like it's never going to break out. But when it breaks out, then you have something like this. Price has increased from $5 to $14 within two months, in less than two months. Less than two months, new. So it doesn't really make sense to invest in the, the entire sector. It doesn't make sense to buy the XLY. It makes sense to look into the XLY 
and find out which stocks are actually driving the uptrend in the XLY. And these are the stocks. Neo, crazy uptrend, crazy. What's the next one? Electra Mechanica Solo. Never heard of this. Solo, okay. Uh, so there's breakout here from $2.61. Got to a high of $6. Now it's at $4.41. And that's all within how many days? Within nine days in less than two weeks, almost one week. Okay. Geely, I know Geely. Geely's on eToro. Yeah. G E L Y F. G E L Y F. Oh, my goodness. That is an obscene gap up. Ah, oh. so this stock has gapped up from, it has gapped up from $1, oh, it's a penny stock. It's gapped up from $1 to $2, okay, that's 25%. And then from $2, $2, yeah, $2 to $2.25. Yeah, I don't like looking at penny stocks. Although you can make a lot of money from penny stocks, but Ito doesn't really list penny stocks. BYD, this is painful because I, I know BYD a lot. Now, there are two BYDs. Which one is it? BYD OTC. Well, I'll just click BYD. BYD company. Hmm. I think it's this. I think this is the one I know. BYD in Hong Kong. Let me see what this is. Is it the same? Okay. Penny stock again. BYD, DF, BYD, DY. BYD. This is the one I used to know. Yeah, it's the same company. It's the same. It's in Hong Kong, listed in Hong Kong. Impressive. That is where the breakout occurred from 54 to 77. I used to hold this stock here. I sold here. So I held the stock at $40. I sold at $48. Today, the stock is at $77, although it sold off in March, bottomed on the 23rd of March. So, well, you can say getting out was a good move. Not 
buying in March was an unfortunate uh, decision, but I don't trade stocks anymore. So that's BYD. And then you have Tesla. Everybody's talking about Tesla. But Tesla is the sixth best performing stock in the consumer discretionary sector. And then you have NIU Technologies. How's Tesla doing? T-S-L-A. Okay, yeah, Tesla looks good. Breakout there. So it formed, uh, it formed this bear flag, this bull flag here. Okay, this is the uptrend, bull flag, and then it breaks out. And then it consolidates here again, um, ascending triangle. That's an ascending triangle, and it breaks out again. And now it has a TD cell setup, nine candle. And RSI is at 94. Look at the trend of this volume, unbalanced volume. Lots of interest in Tesla. So much interest in Tesla, the, the short sellers are giving up. Tesla used to be, um, where is my coifin? Search for Tesla, T-S-L-A. Tesla used to be the most shorted stock in the stock market, in the US stock market. But now it seems the short sellers are given up. Hold on, estimates. So last week, the average price target, I believe, was around $700. I think I remember. So these analysts have increased their price targets because the price keeps going up. And now we still have 12 analysts recommending a sell on Tesla. Incredible. Eventually they're going to be right. But in the meantime, those who sell might lose their money. They might get blown out. Okay, historical graph. I want to see the short sellers. Um, how do you I think it's here? Short. Oh, short interest. Outstanding. Short. Short interest. Number of shares. Okay, so on Tesla, 13.9 million shares. Okay, the total amount of, the total percentage of short interest is 7.5. And that has come down from a high of 24%. So from 24% short interest down to 7.5. Now this could also be some sort of sentiment reading. So when the price was here at, uh, what value is that? 
217, short interest was high. And then as price increased to a high of one of 1500, short interest has reached a low. So that could be a sign of a top. The total number of shares being short right now, 13 million. That's interesting, Tesla. All right, next sector. Oh, that's automobiles. The second best performing subsector is broadline retailers. But automobiles far outperform broadline retailers. Well, let me see which stock is the leading stock. Light in the box holding company. It's another penny stock. You can see that from here. $1.22. Alibaba is the second. Okay, Alibaba. Let me see. Okay, well, it doesn't look too bad. That's the breakout. Wow, that looks like a head and shoulders. Yes, that's a valid head and shoulders. If you like technicals, that's a valid head and shoulders. And this is your breakout. Hmm, interesting. And this looks like this will be the target for the head and shoulders. Okay, that's the target. And that looks almost the same length. So yeah, that, that breakout has probably hit its target. It could be trending downwards very soon. All right, next one is Amazon. Yep, everybody knows Amazon. Crazy performance by Amazon. RSI is at 91. Incredible. And then there is an aggressive 13 cell setup and a sequential 13 cell setup. Friday's candle was candle eight of nine. So an, a green candle on Monday will provide another cell setup, a nine candle cell setup. Okay, that's consumer discretionary. The other stocks, they are not important. Home construction, well, not really. It's automobiles and retailers that are driving this sector up. Technology sector fund, XLK. Best performing sector is computer hardware. And the best performance stock is a penny stock, Kumu. I have no idea what that is. I don't want to look at penny stock. Roku. Roku was up 18% this week. What's Roku? R-O-K-U. Okay. Um, not so impressive, but still a good performance. Still a good performance. 
Yeah, so uh, we have, a, see, there are levels here. Okay, this is one level. That's another level. So we have broken out of this level. Yeah, it still has some ways to go. Yeah, well, it's, it's, it's not bad. Not bad. Roku, Synaptics. I have no idea what they do. Qualstar, Boxlight, Lenovo, Apple is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The eighth best performer. Hmm. Not so impressive. So you, you're better of, you would have been better of investing in Roku last week than Apple or Lenovo or Boxlight. Western Digital, mm. no. Semiconductors, second best subsector. Um, I have no idea what these companies are and what they do. Okay, I know Infineon, that's a German company. Yeah, Infineon. Nvidia. Taiwan Semiconductor. See, all the big names are not even here. Xilinx. I know that. Right, so you're better off investing in semiconductor manufacturing international corporation, SMICY, S-M-I-C-Y. Oh no, this is obscene. Look at this chart, my God. So that's the breakout at $11.07. And that was just, when was this? 15th of June. So in under two months, this stock has increased from $11 to $26. And it looks like it's bull flagging right now. Okay, so this is the pole and that's the flag. So there could still be some uptrend in this stock, but going by the TD sequential, you have a nine cell setup, you have a combo 13 cell setup. You can disregard these ones because they have failed to show any sort of exhaustion. But that is a, just imagine being in this, buying the stock here. That is crazy, crazy. Crazy. ACM research. I have no idea what they do. ACMR, let me see. ACMR. Hmm. Bull flag. That's your pull. And it's very possible there could be another flag here, depending on how much momentum there is. Our size at 85. All these companies that I don't know, it would be nice to find them before they break out. 
before they break out, not after. The next best sector is consumer staples. Consumer staples is struggling anyway. There's no need to look at it. So it's, it would have been very good to find at least the three best stocks in each of these sectors before they broke out. That would have been enough for the month. All right, sector rotation. Okay, this is the RRG, relative rotation graph. How have the sectors, um, this is a visualization of how the sectors have rotated around these four quadrants. Okay, there is lagging, improving, leading, and weakening quadrant. So if I set this to weekly, I can animate this. Right, the best performers are farther to the right. That shows increasing relative strength. That is in comparison to the SPY and further up. That shows increasing momentum. So the best stocks are the ones that are heading in the northwest, no, northeast direction because northeast direction takes them to the leading quadrants. So right now the best performers are XLK, technology, XLY, discretionary, and XLC, communication. XLB, that's interesting. XLB just crossed into the leading quadrants. So I'm gonna isolate it and animate it, let me see. So, Hmm. It's just been hovering around that corner and then it went into the lagging quadrant, into the improving, and then leading. What does that look like on the chart? XLB. It looks pretty much like the SPY. So it bottomed in March, rallied, pulled back, rallied, island reversal and it's now in the same channel that the SPY is in. So that it looks like it's it doesn't look like it's leading in anything. It's not why is it in the leading quadrant? It's very likely this is going to be turning downwards next week. Well, it depends on how the sector performs. Anyway, that's it for today.